Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today we have with us Dr. Mark B. Cooper with NBC Consultants. Welcome, Dr. Cooper. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about NBC Consultants. Um, how are you serving folks? It has gone through numerous evolutions over its last 37 years. So as times have changed, NBC has changed and served different clients and clientele. And um, today we're looking at doing something, and I'm not sure at my age it's the right thing to do, but bringing something new to the world to at least look at and consider, and that being wisdom. Um, so that's what we're up to at this moment. So you're helping your clients... Um become more wise? Yes, exactly. And, and then how do you go about doing that? That's what makes wisdom so wonderful is, is there is no way, right way. There is the way that the client has to begin to look at himself in the world from a different perspective of just producing results, but enhancing people's capacity as human beings and in their performance. And from my point of view, Lee, the way this whole thing is moving uh, in the world, which is digitization. Uh, Newton said you can't, two things can't occupy the same space at the same time. The more digitization there is, the less wisdom there is available. And I think people are the key. And somehow wisdom provides a particular way that people can see themselves and others that enhances their lives, enhances their performance. So that's what I'm up to doing. Now, do you see um, kind of the paradox in the sense of now every person that has access to the internet has access to all the wisdom of the world, all the learnings, education, they can learn pretty much anything they would like to learn from back into time. I agree, except that isn't wisdom. But but so they have information is in wisdom. So they have the information, but they don't have the context in order to understand, appreciate, and leverage the education. I, well said. Um, I, in my view of the world, which is just my view, so you know, you don't, one does not have to believe me; they have to live out of their own beliefs. But I believe the context is decisive, and I believe that wisdom is a context. And inside of that context, people operate, speak, relate differently than they do in a digital context. There's just something available that's more humane. There's something that's available that's more kind. There's something that's more available that's more considerate. So I think bringing wisdom, I'm not saying to get rid of the data. I'm just saying, boy, you better, if you go all the way down that trail, I think there's trouble brewing for people don't want to be machines. People want to be people. They are lo- So wisdom brings that 
arena, that context inside. Now, do you find that um, once you go down that rabbit hole that you've just described, then that also connects to community, that just like there's a lot of the the learnings available, there's the ability to form community around the world, and then yet people are becoming less kind of community-focused and more splintered and and polarized. I, I think you're accurate in your assessment. I never saw it as clearly as you just said it. Uh, yeah, I, I I think it has a divisionary capacity. If we forget what, you know, I don't know where the, and maybe it's because I've, I'm older and have become an elder that I see things differently than I did in my 40s and 50s. But right now, how I see the world and how I see the leaders I'm working with and the people that I'm working with is, man, they could, you know, life is hard. Um, and the smile's on their face, but it's not in their heart. And so I think wisdom brings more heart to the conversation. And do you find that the wisdom is best uh, gained in person? Well, let's see. <laughs> uh, it, uh, I don't know how to answer that question because I've only worked in person since COVID for maybe four or five arenas. Most of it has been through the screens that we're now using today. But so one-on-one, let's reframe that to, to one-on-one where it's personal. It's not kind of a mass. It's both. I, I, I work with CEOs and I work with their executive teams and I work with them as a group because they're often not seeing from the outside in. They're just looking from the inside into the inside. Wisdom brings a different perspective. Wisdom goes, hmm, have you ever thought looking at it like this? So wisdom sees things that they often don't see or could be blind to, to be considered. And when considered, could change the environment and the effectiveness of how they're working. Now, you mentioned that this wisdom has uh, has come about via evolution over the years. Do you think the the 30-year-old you... Like, what would the 30-year-old you have thought about wisdom? (laughs) My daughter's a 30-year-old. I think she's very wise. I believe wisdom is an internal element that all of us have that needs to be developed, as opposed to getting from, you talked about going out to the internet and bringing it in. I think wisdom has to be brought from the inside out. Wisdom is eternal. The same, Shakespeare said it, 800 years ago, and it's still true today. To thine own self be true. If you take a look at the people, Aristotle, Socrates, whoever you consider to have wisdom, they, their speaking, their statements, their sentences still are true today. Um, my And again, my view is my view, but it looks like that kind of input is so missing in areas of the world, politics, business, <clears throat> neighborhoods. It, it's just that, you know, and what you pointed to was community. Now, you said, to my to mine own self be true. It, is that um, kind of some of the problem? Uh, because if I'm saying that this is my truth, and I'm going to live my truth. Uh, is that selfish um, if I don't, if I'm not mindful of how it impacts others? 
Yes. <laughs> the answer is, you know, you you got some wisdom there. It, you know, if it's good for you and good for others, why, you should be doing that. But mm. but we're seeing a lot of, I'm saying, this is my truth, this is me, and then if somebody is disagreeing with me, then that person, is it's no longer right or wrong, it's good or evil. It's become righteousness. I'm right becomes righteousness. Yes, you know, that's what's missing. Wisdom can tolerate another person's view of the world because their view of the world isn't fixed. They may have something over there that you have never seen before. Why don't you listen from someplace other than I know and see what you hear? What you know, there may be something over there that you have already made up your mind about, so you can't really hear it to the depth that the person's trying to say it. So one of the things wisdom brings is a way for people to listen to each other rather than hate each other. And because you can't get things done that way or make up stories about each other or have prejudices about each other. It's, it just, I'm not saying it's going to go away. I'm saying, but it can be not as interfering in the way people work together. Now, something that's helped me um, kind of reframe some of those activities are I don't look at anybody as a fully kind of developed being. I, I'm trying to look at everybody as kind of a beginner or a trainee and that we're all learning together and that some people might be a little bit ahead of other people, but it, no one is kind of on purpose out to do something terrible or evil. Uh, I'm trying to look at people in terms of that we're all doing the best we can and we're trying to figure this out. Does that kind of empathy, is that kind of part of this wisdom path? Absolutely. It's hard. It's really hard not to be right. And it's really hard to open up to some area which may expose some decision you made about yourself in order to make that about another person. So that's an interesting way to begin to look at some things. It's like, well, I think that about you because, and now on what's under the because and what's underneath that. And pretty soon you start to look at yourself. And when you start to look at yourself, you can hear people in a different way than you could when you're just listening from that outer shell. So one might say that wisdom provides a kind of listening to others that allows for better communication and more effective communication. So now, are there any symptoms that your clients are having before the answer is, hey, we better call those uh, NBC folks because we need help in this area? I don't know. I don't think it's as recognizable that something's wrong here. I need to fix it. Usually the, the, the precursor to this is, you know, it's just not working the way I know it could work. Um, people aren't getting along. I'm fixing, I'm putting band-aids on things. The, the circumstances are beginning to indicate and where they're looking is everywhere except where they should be looking, which is at themselves that, Hey, what am I doing here? That's making this happen. So people who are willing to take on responsibility for the way they, the, they're leading their entity and I know that they have restrictions because they're reporting to boards and stockholders and all that. But how they're leading could probably add some wisdom because they need better performance out of the people around them. And they need to be able to talk to people with greater effectiveness. 
So they'll be probably talking to a friend who is working with me who will say, hey, you know what? I had that same problem. And this is what I did about it. And some people will call me that way. I don't think I can market this. <laughs> I don't think so yet. I haven't figured it out anyway. So the way that the word is spreading is by the people who are experiencing it, finding a, a benefit and then sharing it? Yeah, and oh, uh, LinkedIn has been wonderful for me, I have to admit. Um, I do get inquiries and I do get phone calls and I do get movement out of there. Um, and, um, I think it's all, and I'm still, I'm new at this. I'm, I, I'm, you talked about beginners. I'm a beginner. I'm starting a, basically a new entity for the last three to five years on wisdom. And I didn't need to. So that was the, the, the sweetest part about this is, you know, I'm in those seventies with enough money. Thank God, knock wood and all of that to, you know, go out into the sunset. But I just saw something was missing in the way people were communicating and dealing with life and being in life. And they're all at work 80% of the time. So where do you get, I can go to the Buddhist temple and do my Saturdays and Wednesday nights, but I go to work 80% of the time. Where does change need to happen? Is it work? And so I said, Hey, you know, I've learned some stuff in my 76 years Maybe I could contribute something that's uh, interesting to leadership because I know that if wisdom were there, people would want to work there because something's happening for them in their own lives, in their own way they see the world, in their own wisdom. Wisdom is a gift. So that's kind of what I see now. So now if somebody raises their hand and says, Dr. Cooper, I'm in, what does the beginning of a relationship look like if, if you're going to help me um... – just like this, have a nice conversation to really find out what's going on in your world and where you're stuck, what's chronic. Chronic issues are really interesting because they're really held in place for a reason. People don't understand the reason they're held in place for. Once they see, oh, I see why I have that one. Hmm. And then they're asking different sets of questions about what can they do about it. But they're also relating to the problem differently. So there's, I need, I, everyone is really individual. I, you know, it's just like, what, what, what are they working on? What are their responsibilities? What are their accountabilities? Who do they report to? Is this the future that they're looking for? And this, you know, so there's an assessment phase that for me and for them to see if it's going to work for them. And then we figure out a program that feels right for them. Now you um, consciously called your organization, NBC Consultants, um, how do you discern between consultants and coaches? Oh, great question. <clears throat> Depends how you define it. Um, can I tell a little backstory here? Sure. Okay. So in, in, the, in the late 80s, a group of us uh, got together who were all consulting using a similar model of technologies to consult some IBM, some Merck, some NASA. I happened to be in the healthcare market at that point doing practice management, which was wonderful for me and um uh, <clears throat> we decided that what was missing in 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 consulting was coaching so we hired the best coaches of that time to come for, uh, and teach us coaching so it was red Auerbach, it was john wooden it was tim galloway it was warner Earhart, 
and it was George Allen. And so my initial thing about coaching was is about performance. And, and it's about people on the field. And where I was trained was by athletic coaches. And my coaching view of, of what I need to do to have that person perform better on the field. Consulting can include lots of different things. You know, IT, AI, uh, HR can be very specific, can very clean. Um, so I, I consider myself a head coach and uh, when I'm coaching and is and looking at where the performance interferences are occurring. And Tim Galloway, if you have a chance to read his inner game of golf and inner game of tennis, talks about the inner game that he, as he learned to coach, which was to change the perspective of the player, not change the, the activity of the player. So if he saw a ball coming at him as a threat, he would swat at it. But if he saw that, that it really was not, that it was not a threat, <clears throat> he would be able to naturally hit a backhand. So there's much I've learned over the years, but coaching is about performance and consulting is really about system structures, process, although it can include this. So there are aspects of consulting that certainly can be coaching. And then when you're working with folks together, you're kind of helping them self-author a plan that's effective to get them where they want to go? Um, what, I, what I'm usually hired for is the, it's water to the fish, air to the bird, culture to the company. And there are people that you've heard say culture is king. So there's a, there's a certain model and methodology that I think that wisdom can bring to impact directly the culture. So it allows for people to feel better at work, be more emotionally committed at work, be more related at work. So I focus on that stuff more than the strategic plan and what are the goals and what is the one, three, and five year, that, that stuff. I don't do that. There's other people who do that. Now, can you share um, a story that maybe somebody who's gone through this and has reached a new level or has a... Oh, um... yeah, I just talked to her before you. All right. Okay. So uh, people have dreams and people have businesses and people see themselves in a way that they really feel they can attain. And so this particular woman wanted to be impact the way women are seen at work and what they can accomplish at work. So she wanted to transform how women were perceived in the world. And I'm a, 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 a guy and a human being that wants to see people's visions like that expressed because I think it will make a difference on the planet. So, you know, having other leaders be powerful leaders is, is, is what wisdom does. Um, and so today, she has opened her fourth location. She has gotten her executive team together. She's gotten, <clears throat> she's about to do what's right for her, which is basically get some outside investors and take uh, her model because it's scalable all the way. She's ready. She's just like ready. Um, and, and when I first met her, uh, she was afraid she couldn't do it. And then together you helped her do that or you gave her the confidence to do that? Like where did your kind of work begin and end? It began with where she was, which was sometimes people need to see that the stories they've made up about themselves 
are just that stories and not really truths, and then begin to explore that particular area. Part of wisdom, I must say, which is the uh, the part that is attractive to me, is the self-development, the self-awareness that, oh man, you know, maybe I have something to do with this. So I try to work with people so they can move themselves to being the cause of why things happen the way they happen. So you help them kind of with some of their unconscious biases or, or kind of blind spots? That, that, yes, but that's not all that's there too. There's, admit, there's not admitting that certain things have occurred or are, are, are occurring that you do not want to let public or expose. I'm sure you're familiar with Brene Brown and vulnerability and authenticity and all that stuff that's out there right now. Well, a, a, a great leader <clears throat> who is wise doesn't have anything to hide, doesn't have anything to gain at that level. So having people be less afraid to be who they are, and because they're very powerful if they let themselves have that, uh, it's really re- remarkable. Uh, great leaders are, you know, you can tell a great leader when he's up there or she's up there. There's just something about them which is unabashedly authentic and powerful. So if you can ex- get that developed in people, which we can, that's pretty remarkable. So now there's more people on this planet than ever before. Is the uh, yeah, amount of wisdom the still there? Problem. The, the, uh, is, an unsolvable problem. But is the amount of wisdom uh, still, is, is it in proportion to the number of people, or you think there's less wisdom today than there was when Socrates was around? I think that's true. I've spent times with some aboriginal tribes, and I love that how the elders are, are held. I love how there's a certain way that they are, and that when you spoke about community. We just warehouse elders. We don't, you know, I'm running into ageism now, which is really interesting because I don't feel, I feel, you know, I don't even feel my age. And um, I'm the satchel page. How old would you be if you didn't know how old you was? Well, I feel I'd be about 40. And so I have a lot of juice. I have a lot of gas in the tank. And I'm like, okay. And I I see things I want to get done and how I want to get them done and all that. And why not? But, you know, 50 years in the field teaches you a lot. Wisdom needs experience. The problem with the Internet that you brought up in the beginning of the call, that whole thing is really interesting because you can't turn that information into experience because it doesn't generate action. Information without action has no power. It just lays there and gets forgotten. So um, there's, so when people begin to speak about the, difference, the differences that there are out there that may be not delineated enough for people, that's also wisdom. Maybe they don't see, and you need to kind of, have you ever looked at it this way? And maybe when they look at it that way, they see things they have not seen before. And actions change when you see the world differently. Now, do you find this um, bias... Uh, against elders, maybe in this country. Is it unique to this country, or is this happening all over the world? I haven't been all over the world, although I've been to 17 countries. I usually go there for other reasons, so I don't really know. I know that I work with one 
a Native American tribe and help them build a uh, hospice and assisted living center uh, because they wouldn't permit that on the reservation at that point. I don't know what it would be like now. So I have spent time with Aboriginals and I've also been to South America. And I'm just watching the relationship that elders have in the community and how they're held. Now, I don't know if that's fully possible and I don't know if it's decreasing across the world, but take a look at what we do with people here. This is a youth-oriented culture. That's how it kind of works. So wisdom isn't highly regarded. Not yet, anyway. It will be. Now, was it, was it always that way? Was uh, wisdom highly regarded amongst the elders, you know, at the formation of the country? I would say because of my background in history, my first generation uh, Russian, second generation Russian, so my and our religious practices at that, and my father's religious practices family was to really uh, <clears throat> intellectualism and honor family and honor people. So I grew up inside of that family system that saw the world that way. So I, it contributed to my direction to seek wisdom. And then you run into people, or for me it's people, but it could be books, in which all of a sudden things begin to click for you and you, that, that makes sense. I work with one of my teachers, Joseph Campbell, who, if you have time to read his stuff, is about the hero's journey, and he has a video series out. Um, he said to me, he said, if you see your steps clearly on the path, it's probably the wrong path. Um, so I've done many, many, many things. I've had several business expressions. Um, but I see things now that other people can't see. Something about wisdom, you can see the beginning, the middle, and now a future. If, if you do that, that's really going to be stupid. That's going to cost you. Don't do that. So wisdom adds a kind of uh, perspective to, uh, you know, the how you see yourself and see the future. So, and wisdom has to learn how to communicate that without being righteous about it. So if you go into most companies, people are by command and control, and that doesn't work. If people can't be accountable, if people don't want to do it, what are you doing there? What are you doing in terms of your developing yourself as a leader, that they're not able to lead their own selves? Now, Dr. Cooper, if somebody wants to learn more about uh, your practice and how you're serving folks and um, get on your calendar, maybe have a substantive, more substantive conversation about wisdom in their uh, workplace, is there a website they can go? You bet. Of course there is. I appreciate the uh, home run, the ball with home run written on it. Um, go to www. D, but it's only dr. Dr. Mark B. Cooper. Com, or NBC on Google, and you'll see me, and then you can go at that route, go via the website. Dr. Mark M A R C B Cooper. Com. Thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing such important work, and we appreciate you. We appreciate you letting me do this. Thank you so much. Take All care. right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. Yeah.